to be i'm free with minister diane jones ladies this is the show that's here to give you stories of hope and healing from someone who has been there someone who has fought back from the horrors of incest minister diane's innocence was stolen from her in the land of alcoholism and mental illness which led to her being emotionally physically and sexually abused by her parents yet in spite of the trauma of her early years she went on to become a successful wife, mother, registered nurse, and minister of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Plus, she's a virtuous woman who can help you find that woman in your life. Don't let the weight of this world or things that happen to you control your life. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, here is your host, Minister Diane Jones. Hey, people. Hello, hello, hello. Oh, happy day to you. <laughs> this is a day that the Lord has made. I am rejoicing. I am glad in it. Today is um, a new day. Um, I believe that there are great things in store for the people of God, for the people that trust in the Lord. Um for those that believe in him and put their trust solely in him. 2015 has come to an end. It's come and gone, according to the secular calendar, that is. <laughs> um, that's the calendar that most people follow. You know, most of us, um, we follow the, the, I don't remember if it's called the Gregorian calendar, but it's a secular calendar. Uh, according to the Jewish calendar, the new year began in September, and that was around September 13th of 2015. So depending on which calendar you're going by, we're actually um, a little bit behind. If you're going by the Jewish calendar, we're a couple of months behind schedule. In any case, we say Happy New Year to all of you that have tuned in and are listening to us uh, on the air tonight. I am sipping some lemon and ginger tea. I added some mentholatum to my tea because I have been fighting some symptoms. My honey just prayed for me just before we uh, went on the air, and as soon as I came in here to... to um, start this show, I felt much clearer, so I'm already giving the Lord praise. <laughs> I'm already thanking Him for that. So um, I'm ready, you guys. I'm ready. I'm happy to be back with you. I'm excited that we um, will be getting the new year with a returning guest. As I spoke at the end of well, the beginning of December, and I said that we would see if Mr. Gregory Fant could return and, and, and join us again in the new year, and he graciously agreed to do that. Before I introduce him, I would like to do like I usually do. Morning, and 
say hi to my husband. I want to say hi to um, my husband, Christopher Jones, and see how he's doing. Hey, honey, can you hear me? I can hear you loud and clear. Wow. You sound loud and clear. How are you doing this evening? I'm doing just wonderful. Just wonderful. Happy New Year, everyone. And I'm expecting great things this year. Expecting God to do some mighty things. All right. All right. I'm in agreement with that. Um, uh, We were talking about, or should I say you were talking about, resolutions (laughs) Sunday and... um, the importance of making our resolution, or should I say God, our focus for the new year, correctly? Correct? Yes. Um, Rather than constantly, year after year, making resolutions that we fail at, we should put God first as our resolution, to just put Him first and align up with His will and ask Him what is His resolution for us rather than our own agenda. Mhm. And in doing so we we um we can't fail, right? That's absolutely <laughs> correct. So many people say I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and um then they fail and they're disappointed and they have to do it again year after year, but if we put God first, and submit ourselves and our lives to his will and seek his will for us, and we cannot fail. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I hope you're excited. I know that um, you'll be listening, um, and if you want to ask questions or chime in at any point, do so. But um, at this time, because I don't want to lose time, I'm going to go ahead and introduce our guest, Mr. Gregory Fant, he is a retired military man. He um, finished out his military career serving in the Coast Guard. He is currently uh, still working for the government. Um, I won't disclose that uh, again tonight unless he chooses to do so. Um, he has recently become a widower. He lost his love uh, last year, and we were talking to him about his love story and about his life uh, with his recently departed wife. So at this time, I'd like to see if Mr. Fant, can you hear me? Yes, I can. How are you doing this evening? Um, pretty good, pretty good. Thank you. Good. So glad to have you back on the air with us. Um, how were your holidays? Uh, very quiet. Uh-huh. And was that good? It was It was good for me. It was good for me because um, I, I had took the time off, and I wanted to take a, a trip south, but the um, it was a lot of rain. And the money wasn't right, so it, it was best that I stay still. And sometimes it's best to do that. Agreed. Agreed. You know, sometimes Agreed. it's best to do that. Uh-huh. And, okay. um, can you can you speak it, up, Greg? Yes, I'm sorry. Um, it, it was the best thing that could happen because you know I didn't have to go anywhere, and uh, I 
I've received a, a lot of rest, and um, it was good for me. Great. Great. We um, we were on the road, and it was raining, and we did have a crazy mishap while we were on the road, but um, thank, thank the Lord we made it safely to our destination, and we enjoyed the family. But um, understanding what you're saying, you know, that traveling can be a mixture of good and bad because it can be stressful. <laughs> <laughs> it can be. <laughs> Well, last uh, last month and last show, we had you on the air, and we talked about your military background. We talked about how you met your wife and how you married your wife. You even shared a special memory with us that I still laugh about when I think about it, how you were too poor to uh, buy pizza, and your wife just really lit into you about that, and she just let you have it. <laughs> And I still laugh when I think about that. But um, tonight I'd like to pick up with you um, telling us more about your wife's illness. And maybe you could tell us what her illness was um, when she was diagnosed, um, any of those things that you feel comfortable sharing. Okay, okay. Um, Anne had a um, hereditary disease. It was called Huntington's chorea. And chorea means movement. And the Huntington's basically is probably after the uh, person that discovered it. So what it does is almost like Parkinson's or muscular dystrophy. It's a very slow moving type of disease that um, it moves very slow and until it, until it finishes you off. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you, when you say um, slow moving, you mean like it progresses very slow? Yes, yes. Okay, and, uh-huh. And, and um, you know, Anne was trying to work with this and she was fired a couple of times because they would call me and say, has she been drinking? And ah. I told her no. And and never took a drink. So I I kind of felt bad and I kind of felt offended, but I just didn't know this was part of the process. Uh-huh. Um, I guess people couldn't understand her or they didn't know what what affected her and and to be honest with you I didn't either until Ann was actually tested because uh-huh. she we had took her down to Fort Belvoir in in two thousand and she was diagnosed as uh Parkinson's. So we got a second opinion at um Andrews Air Force Base and they ran the test and they confirmed it was Huntington. And then they asked if uh, did she have uh, hereditary that her uncle or father had it, and we told them yes, it was her dad and her uncle that had that, so it fell to her because she was the only child. Oh my! Uh huh. Uh huh. And and then from from the next fifteen years, 
Um, it will progress here and there uh, before she can feed herself and she can dress herself and do certain things. And, uh, of course, you know, she couldn't work anymore. Um, one particular incident. Um, We're going to be coming up on break in about 20 okay. seconds. So finish okay. your, well, 15 seconds. Well, it, it, like it, just caused, it just caused a lot of problems working. Okay, well, we'll pick that up. We'll pick that up okay. um, right after the break. How about that? Okay. All right. Okay. Has the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Equipping the Saints Ministries. Our mission is to equip and mature the people God calls to do the things they are called to do with confidence and boldness, to create soldiers for the army of the Lord, and to impact our communities. We are home-based in Waldorf, Maryland. If you would like more information, you may email us at etsministriesinc at gmail.com or write to us at ETS Post Office Box 72, Waldorf, Maryland, 20602. If you are not local, you may participate via conference calls and we can make information available to you by email. E-T-S The Story of Me is a captivating and inspiring account of a woman able to overcome incest, physical abuse, abandonment, and neglect to find a second chance at happiness. It is a story for those who have been rejected, who have dreamt and fallen short, who have survived traumas such as molestation, rape, or incest. The story of me is very inspirational for those who may find themselves in Jones's story. You may purchase your copy of The Story of Me online at authorhouse.com, this show's host page, amazon.com, or any of the major bookstores. The Story of Me. the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. I'm back, and I'm talking to our guest, Mr. Gregory Fant, and uh, you, we were just talking about your wife, Anne, and her illness of Huntington's Korea, and you were saying how you went to several different hospitals um, 
before she was correctly diagnosed, correct? Yes, yes. Okay, let's pick up there. So, um, as time went on, uh, things started to happen. Um, of course, she couldn't work anymore, and then she had to go on Social Security, and then um, physical uh, problems started um, before she can, you know, walk through the house or or even drive. But after that, I had to take her license, and uh, she couldn't walk that much anymore. And you know, as it got worse and worse and worse, you know, I had to get wheelchairs and and anything that um, that I've seen uh, on a decline. I had to adjust to it. Mm-hmm. Now, I heard you, did you say it was over a period of 17 years? Did I hear that correctly? 15. 15, 15 years. So that's a, that's a very long time. And when you say it progresses slowly, my goodness, that's a long time. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so as she declined, you had to process your, your emotions, I'm sure, your fears, um, just things, you know, every time something changed. So how did you deal with that? How did you, how did you, and maybe you can even speak on her behalf, how was that for her um, as those things were happening? Well, the only the only problem was, um, well, I guess the whole thing was a problem because um, it was like uh, she couldn't, it got so bad, she couldn't express herself and, Mm. Couldn't understand her. Okay. Um, couldn't. Um, it was like a, a one-person conversation, and it was it, at times it was a, it was very frustrating. Mm-hmm. And um, and then um, until I got hospice, um, I was battling this alone. Um, ah. Um. I would I would take her to uh, annual exams, and then um, they're the ones who were telling me, well, you know, she, she's getting worse, and this may happen, this may happen, and picking up on what the doctors would tell me, um, I would go to the next phase, and then eventually, um, hospice was six months to go, but um, she battled beyond the six months, and they re-register her. Mm-hmm. So she battled for about like a year in the hospital. Mm-hmm. So that was good on her part because, you know, she was uh, very resilient, very tough. You know, she was, mm-hmm. you know, she was battling. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Although, although the medication that was, that was, that was given her, um, the, the, um, um, the side effect um, was a lot of feeling loneliness, and, and um, you know, she may uh, say something about she wanted to die or something like that. So I had to deal with that. But most of that, uh, it wasn't too much of that, but it did mm-hmm. happen from time to time. So she was you able know, to verbalize I, that at times. Yeah. 
Uh huh. So uh, the the side effects of the medication would you say was depression then? Right. Okay. Right. Uh-huh. Exactly. Uh-huh. So, uh, you know, moving forward, um, it happened, and then uh, from uh, you know, I, I received a lot of support from you know Andrews Air Force Base uh, as I was letting my feelings be known to supervisors and uh, friends like your husband and stuff like that. Um, um, you know, so support was, was very, uh, very uh, overwhelming. Mm. Praise God. Yes. Praise him. Mm-hmm. And, um, and um, you know, my, uh, my church, my church family, the job family, the uh, the uh, hospice, and my own family, everything just kind of sort of gelled uh, together. Uh, I'm not saying it was all easy for me, but it was easy enough to bear because mm-hmm. of the support and the, and and the love. And you really, you you really can't imagine the support. Of of so many people that really don't even know our story, mm. and uh, and um, you know people can brush you off. You know, oh yeah, mm. anything I can do for you, you know, I'll pray for you and stuff like that. But the the crust of the matter is, you know, they say that and then they go away. Mm-hmm. But a lot of people, but a lot of people, you know, the true friends, the true church family, they offered help and came by and the church came by with food and cars oh, and, mm-hmm. and 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 family came by to sit with Anne and uh, church members came by to sit with her and um hospice came through and um sat with her and you know changed her and, and things like that. So they knew that I was, um, you know, changing her at least twice a day. So when they came in, they would bathe her and stuff like that. And I would bathe her most mm-hmm. of the time. Mm-hmm. It, was, it, was, it was, you know, looking back on it, 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 it you know, it was, it was something. It was pretty rough, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I find that sometimes with um, traumatic situations, because this could be considered, I feel, traumatic, um, anything that's that's life-changing, you know, anything that just shakes your, your life up and your world up can be considered traumatic to me. And, and sometimes I think we do what we have to do at the time to deal with those situations, but it's not until afterwards Many times it's not until afterwards that we, if we, if we stop and look at it, we wonder, my goodness, how did I really get through that? I mean, that was, it was more than I realized. Yeah. That kind of, that kind of sounds like what I hear you saying. It's like when you look back on it, (laughs) is that, am I, am I getting that right? (laughs) Yes, you, you, you've got it right. You've got it right. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought that there's somebody out there doing worse than I am. Mm-hmm. So, so I, um, 
I've always kept that in mind. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's interesting because that's one of the things that helped me to get through some of the traumas in my life. Um, I remember when I did go to therapy, finally went to therapy, the therapist asked me how had I arrived at that place in my life? How had I managed to cope up to that point? And I told her that I remembered even as a as a teenager thinking to myself that, um, you know, if it's if it's as bad, if it's this bad now, then it can't get any worse. You know, it's like if, if I felt like I was at the bottom of the barrel, I would tell myself that it can't get any worse. Or I would tell myself that it has to get better. <laughs> Things yeah. can't stay oh, can't this way. Up. <laughs> you, can't go, you can't go anywhere but up. And she said that that was amazing because uh, for some people they can't do that. No. They can't see any other option. They can't, you know, they just get so stuck in what's happening that they can't see beyond that. And that's, that makes a big difference in how you cope with trauma. So I hear you saying something very similar, you know, that you, you always said, you know, someone else, someone else is dealing with something worse than you. And so where did your faith come into all this at? I mean, I know you said your church family was supportive. Did you did you ever become angry with the Lord? No. 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 That's commendable. No, I, no, I, no can't can't do that. No yeah. What happened? That's that's no no. That's a no no, huh? No, that's a no no. That's a no no. It's um. You just have to draw strength from that, and um, uh-huh. you know. And I, um, and you know, deep rooted. My mother and grandmother, and on both sides of the family, they really, um, you know, came into play on that. Mm-hmm. You know, as far as faith, and you know, what are you going to do when the chips are down and things of that nature. Uh, that nature, mm-hmm. when you see the, the elders of your family, um, you know, uh, kind of sort of pull a rabbit out the hat, um, mm-hmm. you, you really you really draw strength from that, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, that's commendable because sometimes people are tested or, or you know, there's, they feel so much pressure. They feel so much that they do become angry with the Lord, and there was sadly a time in my life where that happened for me but thank god he was merciful <laughs> he understood yeah, yeah. he understood my pain <laughs> amen amen so it is commendable to me that that you didn't have that experience um we've only got about 15 seconds before our next break okay. but um i was thinking perhaps i just had a thought there and i lost it that fast um oh i heard you say how you were even helping to bathe your wife will come back after the break and I want to expound on that a little bit. Okay. Has the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. 
A black nurse. This narrative is about the struggles of being a black woman and a black professional in a society bound with racial and gender bias. She has hopes, dreams, needs, a purpose, and aspirations, but faces constant opposition to fulfilling these basic human requirements. Like so many people of color before her, she achieves some measure of success, but her success is minor compared to what she must do to achieve it. It's time for a change. Get your copy today from authorhouse.com, this show's host page, or any major book retailer like amazon.com. A black nurse. <laughs> I used to be. I'm free on Toginet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on Toginet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. I hope that you are enjoying our interview, my interview with Mr. Gregory Fant, and um, he's sharing with us his journey, his love story regarding him him and his newly departed wife, Anne Fant, and um, I wanted to point out some things. Uh, just before we went to the break, you were, you were talking about how you had hospice come in, how um, you were sharing in the responsibilities uh, with your wife's care, that you were bathing your wife and helping to actually care for her. And I remember so well when we went to your wife's homegoing service, how your family members and different people that knew you both very well commented on that dedication, that love, that commitment that you had for each other. And me as a nurse, when I think of someone bathing someone else um, at a time like that, to me that is such an act of love. Um, it's an art form that is um, being lost, has been lost in healthcare overall. Um, that used to be an integral part of my job as a nurse, as a nurse's aide, was to bathe our clients to bathe our patients. So when I hear you as a man saying that you bathed your wife, that touches me. That touches me. And I just wanted to point that out and allow you to comment on it if you had any, any further comments about it. Um, was that hard for you to do as a man? Um, was it challenging? Just do you have any comments about that yourself? Well, um, I was 20 years in the health profession, and I was an orderly myself. And oh. I picked up that trade in the Army. Okay. And, um, so that was kind of like kind of like secondhand for me. But once I, I got into uh, 
how I was going to do it and, and what things that I have needed, um, I get her in and, and, and do it as fast as I can without hurting her and, and getting her out, you know, so that she won't slip and fall because, um, you know, once you get into what you need to do, what you have to have and to get in and get out because you, you don't want her to, to hurt herself even further. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That was that that was that was all about, you know. Mm-hmm. Get her in, you know. You you know, lather her up and rinse her off and get her out of there. And then mm-hmm. you start drying and lotioning her and stuff like that. That's mm-hmm. what, that's what you wanted to do, so that you mm-hmm. won't you know hurt her any any worse than what she's feeling or so slip or fall because it was just us two. Mm-hmm. You know, so so it was really important that um, I had to plan out, execute, and, you know, make sure that everything turned out okay each and every time, each and every time. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, was there pain involved? Was there, was she in pain? Well, she wouldn't, she wouldn't tell me. Um, I, you know, uh, she had her bad days, she had her good days, but uh, as far as her saying, you know, that she was in pain or anything, I didn't. No, I didn't. I didn't hear anything, and and usually I take her on trips and stuff like that, and we still had to shower and and stuff like that, and I do the same thing, mm-hmm. and because uh, mm-hmm. she would come with me, and uh, you know sometimes the bathrooms would be smaller, and I I didn't have my own uh, spacing, but we may do, you know, but mm-hmm. she loved mm-hmm. to travel. She she really loved to travel. Ah, uh huh. Wow, that is just beautiful. Um, for me, this is this is one of the aspects of of true love, and what should happen in a marriage. You know, in a union between a man and a woman. Um, what would you say is the beauty of, or was the beauty of your marriage? Um, what would you I say thought... was beautiful about your marriage? I, I thought when you keep the lines of communication open mm-hmm. that you can, um, yeah, you're going to argue, fight some fight, but still, if you can keep that line of communication open seriously and um, <clears throat> prayerfully, you can, you can accomplish uh, to save a marriage, to enjoy a marriage, to uh, launch a marriage into... Uh, really becoming one mm. mm-hmm. as it was meant to be. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's it, it's like praying and becoming the sermon, but but you and the and the spouse become one. You mm. know, without you know without really uh, fusing together. You know, physically. You know. But, mm-hmm, um, um, but you can become one mentally and spiritually, mm-hmm. you know, and and mm-hmm. and you know each other, and you know the Lord, and all that, you know, involved in that relationship, um, um, it, it's just it, it's a, it's a lifetime, mm-hmm. you know, it's a lifestyle, it's a lifetime, it's a lifestyle, and. Um, I wouldn't have it any other way. Mm. Mm-hmm. Amen. 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 So the so the becoming one 
is the beauty of a marriage. Yeah, but you got to keep that line of communication open in order to do that. If, if you're not, if you're not empty to be filled in up with the Lord, then you, you know you're you're missing something. Mm-hmm. You have mm-hmm. to be empty to be filled up. You know, you have to be empty so that the Lord can fill you up. And okay. Once he fills you up, then you can spread that love to the, your spouse. Hmm. When you say having to be empty, you want to? Can you explain? I think I pretty much know what you mean because I I think we're just on the same page there. But for our you, listeners, you they may not understand. You have to be okay. You have to be receptive to the word. You have to be receptive of your responsibility. You uh-huh. have to be receptive to what you're actually doing. You, you have to be receptive and uh, obedient to the fact that you're responsible for this person. Uh-huh. You know, and 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 the only way that you can really um, become empty is just by you know maybe fasting and prayerfully. And mm-hmm. just being receptive to uh, the sounds and feelings and and the word itself and your attitude toward that institution of marriage to become, you know, uh, filled with the Lord. And mm-hmm. then you can you can you can treat your wife and others, you know, with respect and dignity and and love and and spirituality and it's just it's just a gamut of things that that's really um our responsibility. Mhm. Mhm. Amen. I I hear you loud and clear. I agree 100%. So many people go into the marriage with the perspective of um what they can get or what that other person is going to do for them. They don't think as much about, I mean, and, and of course there's a benefit of having another person in your life. There's there's something that they add to your life too, of course, but many of them don't think enough about their responsibility. And I love the way you said that, you know, that you have to be receptive to your own responsibility for this individual that you are saying, I will be responsible in loving this person, in caring for this person, in, um, you know, looking out for their best interest. It's a it's a give thing, correct? I mean, it's, that's what I'm hearing yeah. you say. It's a give yeah. thing. You, and in giving, you will receive, but it's a give thing. Mm-hmm. And to endure something um, like this illness for 15 years, you you probably weren't in as much of a receptive mode in terms of what your wife could do for you, correct? Well, I felt that she, if something like that would happen to me, I think she would have done the same for me. But let let it be known, though, it it, it wasn't easy. It was uh-huh. very frustrating. We sat uh-huh. up there. We we talked about these things, but it was in that talking, even though uh, you know the frustration still went on, that she understood. I understood 
that we're, we're going through this journey together. And, mm-hmm. and it wasn't pretty, and it wasn't really pretty. Right. And, 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 um, you know, I may, I may talk to the cows come home, but that <laughs> reality set in, you mm-hmm. know, it, it, it was, it was her. She was the, you know, it was, it was happening to her. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I can be supportive as much as I can, but she was the one that, you know, had to go through it. Mm-hmm. And um, the only thing I can do is make her comfortable. Yes. But she understood yes. that. And that's what, that's what she, you know, let the Lord fill her up, you mm-hmm. know, to, mm-hmm. to accept all this was about to happen to her. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because cause we both knew what, what eventually what was going to happen. Right. But, but, um, you know, the Lord gave us, you know, 27 years and, and 15 of those years, you know, she was sick mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, you can't, uh, you can't just, you know, just let that go. You know, it mm-hmm, was just, mm-hmm. it was, it was a thing that, um, we, we had to grapple with and, right. um, it finally ended, but still, I, I, I just have to say she, um, was, um, really, really, uh, really, really tough. She was really, you know, she was sweet and tough at the same, same breath. Uh-huh, uh-huh. All you know, in one, and huh? Very, very, <laughs> yeah, and, and I was very proud of her and mm-hmm. very, um, you know, um, I just wanted to, you know, when I get up and went to work, it was for her, you know, because mm-hmm. I knew she was back here going through what she had to go through because she had to have good days and bad days. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't, and I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't, I couldn't take the battle for her. You know, she had to deal with it. And she did. And we're going wonderful. into a break. We're going into okay. a break on that note. Okay. the tragic past shattered your future or your now? Don't let it. This is I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm Free with Minister Diane Jones. And we'll be right back after these. Millions of people are sexually abused each and every day. Not just by rape, child molesters, or pedophiles, but by choice and through lifestyle preferences. Who would enjoy being raped again and again? Why is rape spiritual as well as physical? Can a sex offender be healed from abusing others? Find answers to these and other questions in the pages of Overcoming Sexual Abuse by Minister Diane Jones. Available online at authorhouse.com. This show's host page... Amazon.com and any major bookstore overcoming sexual abuse. This is the Tokenet Radio Radio with a 
Is there more living for you to do? Yes. Start living inspired. Be here for Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer. Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on toginet.com. Trisha will dig deep at the topics that matter most to women, inspiring women to make a change in their own lives and to make a difference in the world and maybe even deep within their own hearts. Trisha is a wife, mom, speaker, family expert, and author of 24 books. For more information on Trisha and Living Inspired, go to her website, Trisha Goyer, that's G-O-Y-E-R dot com. Trisha's vision is to be a voice of hope and possibility for teenage girls, pregnant teens, mothers, and wives. Her intention is to serve ordinary women by encouraging extraordinary things with God's help. Trisha expresses real life, real hope for real women. Is there more living to do? Yes. Start Living Inspired with Trisha Goyer, Thursday afternoons at 4, 3 p.m. Central on DougieNet.com. Thank God I am free. I am free. Welcome back to I'm Not the Woman I Used to Be. I'm free on DougieNet.com. The show dedicated to helping women find their way back to themselves after innocence was stolen by incest and abuse. Helping you heal. It's what we're all about. It's I'm not the woman I used to be. I'm free on TogiNet. And now, back to your host, Minister Diane Jones. Okay, people, we're back. Time does fly. We are in the last segment of the hour. And I am speaking with Mr. Gregory Fant. He has rejoined us to tell us his true love story. And we were just talking about how you and your wife endured her illness for 15 years until it finally took her life. But you said something so... um, so profound when you said that when you would get up and go to work, that you were going to work for her. I remember my husband telling me that I think you were having to get up at something like, I don't know, four or five o'clock in the morning or something. Well, actually, it was 2.30. Oh, okay. I would have to to prepare for her, um, you know, whether it be changing, I had to change her or anything like that. And then I had to leave by four. Ah, oh my. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. And this went on for not the whole 15 years, was it? Um, no, no. At least six. Okay. So for about roughly six years, that became that became a, a part of your, your routine in your life. You have to get up at 2.30 in the morning. Make sure your honey was cared for, mm-hmm. and then you'd go work a full, full day, and come back and continue to care for your honey. Mm-hmm. Now that well, to some me, sometimes one, one time I had two two full time jobs. Mm-hmm. One one time I had uh, two full time jobs, but I think that was just before she really got sick. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was yeah, that was just before she got sick. I was in, 2000, 2000, 2001, yeah. Mm. Yeah. Well, I have to say, um, 
that this to me is is a beautiful description of of love because the scripture even tells us that love suffers long you know that love is patient love is kind um you know love endures it it's not puffed up it vaunteth not itself um on this show when we talk about love we talk about it in this description and what you're describing and what the people at your wife's home going uh, described was this type of love. So um, it touched me then as I listened, um, not even knowing you personally. It touched me then and it touches me now. And I believe that it's touching those that are listening right now. And um, I just want to thank you for for being that type of a person, for being that type of of a man. <laughs> whenever we, whenever I hear of uh, good men, godly men, loving men, I want the world to know that um, that you all exist. <laughs> well, thank you, thank you very much. <laughs> You're very very welcome. So tell us. Um, you you pretty much answered my other question I was going to ask you was, in your own words, give us some, some of your words of wisdom to those people who are struggling maybe in their current ma- marriage or even not sure they want to get married, if they're just struggling with marriage issues. But I, I think that you kind of covered that already, but I'll just ask you anyway in case there's anything you want to add to that. Any other words of wisdom that you have for our listeners regarding marriage? Well, I I think that um, first of all, you have to keep the lines of communication open. I've said that many a time, Mm -hmm. but I trust and believe in that. And the next thing, um, the trust value um, has to has to uh, has to be a part of it. Um, of course, the belief in God, but um, that goes without saying. But the mm-hmm. smaller things, the smaller things that may um, keep a marriage together is, um, um, I guess, give a person a chance to to talk. Um, you know, it, it, we're two different people two different uh, mindsets, you know, we have to give each other a chance to express ourselves. Mm. And it's not it's not going to be easy, but, um, you know, if, if you can't do that, I don't think you should be involved because it's too much of responsibility and too many things can happen, mm-hmm. especially nowadays, and too many, too much temptation, too much, um, too much, um, Jealousy, uh, too much of, of of worldly environment that mm-hmm. can, can, that can lay as a pitfall for marriage. If you can't stay strong and keep the line of communication open, and see, here I am going back to the same recipes, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and these are building blocks that you. Build your relationship, just like with God. You have to trust God. You have to mm-hmm. know that He's in charge. And mm-hmm. It's the same thing. You you need um, that relationship. If you don't have that relationship, then you know um, the marriage is um, bound to doom. 
Mm-hmm. Well, I I agree with you, but I'm I take your advice freshly for myself for for my marriage. Um, Chris and I I think have a pretty good relationship in that area, but we are going to make sure that um, we continue that because <laughs> I want yeah. him to be my honey until until we go to meet the Lord. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and uh, be grateful and be glad in it. And um, you know, a lot of people they, uh, you know, we can, like I said, talk to the, to the cows come home. But people gonna want to do what they want to do. Mm-hmm. But trust and 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 be sure that if you're gonna get into a relationship like that, look, uh, check it out research it, even if you have to, ask others about it before mm-hmm. you even take on the responsibility of ruining someone's life, because that mm-hmm. definitely happens. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. See, I never wanted to ruin anybody's life. If mm-hmm. I had to ruin somebody's life, I ruined my own. That's mm-hmm. why I would rather, you know, that's that's the way I felt, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't feel that way, but mm-hmm. I did, and you know I'm continuing to feel that way, and I uh, just want to pass that along. Mm. That is powerful. That is powerful. When you talk about responsibility, that is an excellent way to look at it. You know, mm-hmm. and I pray that our listeners take that to heart. Um, so, tell me this: um, What does the future look like for you? Do you have any? Um, Any... Prayer is a prayer is a is a large part of what's going on in my life, and um, I wanted to uh, be closer toward the Lord. Um, I may um, think about going back to school, um, or or um, school, or just staying busy. Um, mm-hmm. It's just. It's a lot that is still swirling around my head right now, and I, I really um, can't put a finger to it. But mm-hmm. once I believe the Lord's going to give me that direction, uh, I'll I'll move forward. But right now, it's about oh, eight or nine months, and it's it's, it's going to take a little while um, before I can um, really set in stone what I'd like to see myself doing. Right. But okay. it's, mm-hmm. it's much better than it was last February and March and January. So, um, you know, I just take one day at a time and, you know, and, and enjoy life and, and enjoy my church family and, and enjoy Chris, uh, my, my former uh, AMC co-workers and co-workers. <laughs> <laughs> and uh-huh. just, just enjoy myself, but I still I'm still in touch with the with my former coworkers, and uh, it, it, it's really nice. It shows a big difference. Wonderful, Christopher. I I heard I know you heard that little shout out to you, honey. So we have only got about two minutes, honey. Um, Chris, do you want to? Say anything as we wrap this show up tonight. Well, I just, I'm just thankful for, for the, um, 
for the show tonight for for the testimony because mm-hmm. people need to hear it. Mm-hmm. It's not fantasy. It's 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 reality, and and this is life, and this is the life that 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 God gave Greg, and it's the assignment that He gave him, and He fulfilled His assignment. You know, till death to us part. We all we all say that at the altar, but you know, um, everybody's not going to stand up to the plate when 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 they're faced with that assignment. But that's what you signed up for. You know, mm-hmm. a lot of times we realize we we, we want to take the good, we want to eat the icing and throw the cake away. You know, <laughs> so I just I'm just thankful because it makes me look back at look look at my life. You know, mm-hmm. and that's why we wanted that's why we wanted you on the show, Greg, because people need to hear uh, a, a true testimony. Thank you, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Well, we only have about thirty seconds, so people, um, Mr. Fan, if if people happen to write me and or want to reach you, would you like for me to contact our station? Is that okay with you if I have them contact ETS Ministries INC at gmail dot com? Yes, yes. And I will forward it to you if I get any feedback in that way, okay? Well thank you. I will appreciate that. Thank you so much and good night to all.